Welcome, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is The Ziggler Show, founded by the grandfather of inspiration himself, Zig Ziggler. Our focus here is you and your personal development. The way to have more tomorrow is to become more today. So we bring you the best of today's world influencers and discover how we can all apply new and classic methodologies of personal growth to our lives. In this episode, our muse is how to secure your day by saving your morning. We just can't hear it enough. The quality and routine of our morning is the primary indicator of our success for any given day. Yet the fact remains that the majority of people, even aspiring people like the Ziegler Show listeners, do not have a healthy, consistent routine for starting their morning. So in show 707, I brought you Hal Elrod. He's the best-selling phenomenon of the book, The Miracle Morning. In this show, we walk through the seven spokes of the Ziegler Wheel of Life with Hal and hear his personal habits for success. He has some significant, unique habits in all areas, but it's hard not to highlight what he cited for the mental spoke, number three, and it's his routine that he coined savers for the morning, silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. And he attributes that to his primary success. I've had a solid morning routine for a couple of years now, longer than that, I think, but how has really inspired me to more because I want even more out of myself, out of my day. I highly, highly recommend you check out Hal's core book, the miracle morning, uh, which I'm having my older kids right now read, but then his new book is the miracle equation. That's really what we focused on in show 707. And you can find that at the miracle And check out also his annual event best year ever live.com. And Hey, a quick thank you for all of you who are listening to the Ziggler show and helping us. We're about to reach 40 million downloads. All right. We're going to get started with Hal and give you some massive inspiration for your habits. After I share our wonderful show sponsors for this episode. All right. So this is going to be an interesting one coming from the author of the miracle morning, which is absolutely habits. And of course you've got, uh, an entire, you know, chapters and more on habits, but I'm going to go behind the scenes and see what yours are. I am as curious as anybody, always what a guy like you is doing in these areas. It's always, you know, some similar threads as the other big influencers out there, but always, always, uh, unique as well. So start off. Spoke number one, what do you do for the physical and nutritional health side of your life, Al? Yeah, so I'll start with nutrition. Uh, I, I eat an uh, organic, raw, vegan diet by day, and then I would say I eat paleo by night. So that's an easy, like if I'm classifying it. So uh, I start the morning with uh, a full glass of water, right, to hydrate, uh, and then I make some coffee with some fat in it, kind of a bulletproof coffee, an organic yeah. coffee. Uh, put some fat in it, some MCT oil, that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, a couple hours later, I drink a, an organic smoothie with a lot of uh, spinach and kale in it and very low sugar. So some berries, uh, some organic vegan protein powder. That's my smoothie. At lunch, I have a salad. Uh, and then for dinner, I usually have uh, vegetables and a small portion of meat. And not every night. I do meat probably four, three, four nights a week. Um, and, uh, and that meat would be, it's always quality. It's grass fed protein, you know, meat, uh, yeah. uh, no hormone chicken, uh, wild caught salmon. And, and in terms of restaurants, I'm really careful to go to only farm table restaurants and I won't go to a restaurant 
unless I have to, where there's nothing else. But yeah. I, I've got in my hometown, I've called, I've, I've put in farm to table restaurants on Yelp. I've called all the restaurants and I've said, hey, is your beef grass fed or is your chicken hormone free? Or, and many of them, it is not. They just put farm to table because it's a buzzword. So they put it in the keywords of the search on Yelp. Wow. So I had to actually find out the hard way that, oh, you're claiming it, but you're not. So then when you wow. call, you have to find out. So I've got a list. So that's my nutrition. Um, and then uh, and then as far as fitness goes, uh, I don't exercise every day. I go through phases. Sometimes I'm exercising every day. Um, right now I'm exercising about four days a week. Uh, and I usually do uh, two days of like just playing basketball and then uh, two days of uh, Orange Theory Fitness. And I will say I love Orange Theory Fitness. It is it's exercise for people with ADHD, short attention spans. You know, you're only doing something for 30 seconds. Then you're doing something else. Then you're doing something else. You're doing something else. You're, you're just switching. All of a sudden, you look up and you go, oh, my God, the class is over. You know, so, yeah. So, I'm a big fan of that. But that, those are my daily uh, rituals. I and when I'm traveling, by the way, I do an, an app called 7-Minute Workout. And it's a 7-Minute Workout. I do it at home sometimes, too. But I encourage anybody. It's a 7-Minute Workout, 12 exercises in 7 minutes, 30 seconds each with 10-second breaks. And it's a full-body workout. Highly recommended. Beauty. Uh, yeah, I keep hearing more and more about Orange Theory Fitness. It's, it's growing like mad. And, and I also know, well, you know, no, I won't steal the thunder. I'm all, gonna right, go all, right. all right. Number two, family and friends. Actually, no, I'm going to steal your thunder because I was stalking you on Facebook, as I do, to be a good podcast uh, host. And I saw a recent post about your date night with your wife, Ursula, every week and about once yeah. per month, an overnighter, uh, which I appreciate because that's been a big one for my wife and I to do. Actually, not even not only that, about every quarter we'll go away for you know five, six days. And nice. it's so powerful. So I, I love that one. But family and friends, what are the things you do to strengthen those relationships? Yeah, so, that, so that's a big one for the wife, date night every week. And yeah. here's the thing about date night, by the way. I realized that we had been doing what you would call a married date night, <laughs> which is a really media, it's really a mediocre date night, right? Yeah. Like Dinner same restaurants, yeah. you know, same, the, the closest restaurant, you know, alternating between two or three. That's pretty much it. We'd go to dinner, come home, you know. And then I realized recently, that's yeah. not how you date somebody when you're, when you're courting them, mm -hmm. right? When you're trying to impress them, you, you make a date. So now um, we get dressed up, right? Which I, and I used to always, you know, wear what I was wearing for work or maybe put on some, you know, what really, you know, just whatever. I didn't, I didn't, I'd always argue, I don't, do I have to do my hair? Then I don't have gel in my hair. And, you know, and so, uh, so now, no, we get dressed up and uh, we, we try, we try to try a new restaurant. You know, we alternate sometimes, but it's always a new restaurant. I always try to, I don't personally drink alcohol, but I always go have a drink with my wife before or after dinner because she loves that. And it's a chance for us to just like, just a different environment. So we'll go to a rooftop bar in Austin, Texas, where we live. We'll be looking at the skyline, just having a drink, relaxing, you know, and talking. And she loves it. It fills her up. Um, and so, so date your wife like, or your husband, like you dated them back, you know, yeah. go to different locations in the same night, dress up, look good. You know what I mean? That's a big part. And then once a month, the overnight date is huge to have yeah. the kid, especially if you have kids, right? We get a sitter. They say we have no kids and there's no pressure to get home. We have all night. We wake up in the morning. We do breakfast together. We write. It's beautiful. The last time we went kayaking and paddleboarding in the morning. It's just awesome. So that's the date. And then for the kids, this is big. I realized my cancer journey really taught me this, but I realized that, um, I was doing what a lot of parents do. We do this as, as human beings, 
In fact, we talked about this on our last episode, uh, right, uh, about the human nature is to do the minimal to get by. And we do that in a lot of areas of our life. So with our kids, it's like, oh, I spent a little time with them. I can check the box off, right? But what was that time? Was it quality time? Or were you sitting in front of the TV? Or what were you doing? So for me, here's the two big things I do every day with my kids. And they don't take very much time. They take like 30 minutes total. And I do a lot more than this. But these are the two. I book in my day with quality time with my kids. So in the morning, I schedule 15 minutes to wake them up in a meaningful, pleasant, memorable way. Mm. What I mean by that is most of us go, kids, get out of bed. You're going to be late for school, right? And like, it's not pleasant. Mm. We're not connecting. I go in and I have two stuffed animals that I have two different voices for that they love. My kids are nine and four. And I do like a little puppet show for 15 minutes. And I just make it up. I just go, hey, Sophie and Elston. And, and my one my one animal is the inappropriate unicorn. And it says all sorts of stuff that a parent should never say to their kids. Yeah. And as the parent, I always have to reprimand the unicorn. But they think it's hilarious, right? I'll go, Sophie, shut the heck up. Go get it. Right? I'll go, unicorn, don't tell my daughter to shut up. And you shut up too, dad. Right? So it's a crack up, right? Yeah. And then the unicorn's best friend is this big chubby uh, like monster named Derpy. And I go, unicorn. And he goes, shut up, Derpy. Right? So... They love it. They yeah. crave it. When I, in fact, I, I just got back from being out of town, and last night, but when I was kissing my kids goodnight, she goes, "Dad, unicorn and derpy over there, ready for the morning. We've missed that the last oh, few days, shit. right?" And at night, I either read them a story, their least favorite thing for me to do. What I usually do is I tell them a story from my childhood, and I have a note on my hmm. phone where I keep a running list of the stories I've told them. And I try to embed a lesson in the story. But what it lets them do is it lets them get to know their dad Hmm. and they get to know me through my mistakes, through my funny stories. And at every age, I tell them stories from when I was a child, when I was a teen, you name it. And a lot of times I tell them stuff I screwed up on. And I say, and one of the best lessons I learned from Joe Rogan on parenting, he's not a parenting expert, but he taught me this. He goes, most parents, when their kids mess up, their parents get upset. They condemn, how dare you're not supposed to do that. You're a bad kid. You're a bad, that was a bad thing. And that creates disconnect. It it, it makes them feel bad about themselves. It hurts their self-esteem and their confidence. And it puts you on a pedestal and it creates disconnect where they go, oh, my dad or mom's perfect. And I'm not, I'm a screw up. What Joe Rogan taught me, and this is one of those best lessons when his kid screws up. And this is what I do now. I don't say you, I don't yell at them. I don't condemn them. I don't criticize them. I say, I look for when I did that when I was a kid. And I go, hey, Sophie, to my daughter, house and my son. Hey, obviously, you know, that was wrong. And I'll let you know, when I was your age, this is what I did. It was very similar, the same thing. And they go, and then all of a sudden, they're, they're see, when you're yelling at them, they're not, they're not listening. They're not learning, right? They're feeling, and they go, you did, what, dad? You did that? I go, I did. And let me tell you what happened. And then I always tell them the negative consequence and how it affected me in a way where I, you know, I go, I, I want, I don't want you to have the same things happen. And so, and I, and I'll ground them sometimes, right? You're grounded or I'll take away privilege, but I do it calmly. I'm not yelling. Right. And there's no, why would I yell? How's that? I'm not yelling. I'm talking to them with respect. And I, one of another lesson I learned and all the last one I'll share is that view your, don't view your kids as kids, View them as human beings who are equal to you in terms of deserving of respect. And if you wouldn't talk to your best friend or your colleague or your boss or your friend or your, you know, your client that way, don't talk to them that way. 
have a thoughtful, intelligent, caring, empathetic conversation where they get the lesson. And you might need to intensify your voice a little bit, but not to where they're like I was when I was a kid where I was scared, I was terrified because I was scared my dad was going to hit me again, right? Yeah. So anyway, hopefully you got a handful of lessons I, in there. No, the parenting right there, that was, folks, that was worth the price of admission right there. And I, I will call out to Shanti Feldhahn, who uh, her book, The 30 Day Challenge, she's got a new one out. I refer to her so often today on Facebook. She had a, a little meme type thing, Hal, and it was something to the effect of uh, don't ever speak to your spouse any way different than you would to a best friend. And you just took it to the parents uh, wow. to, or to your kids as well. Uh, beautiful. Uh, three, mental. What do you do? What are the mental habits that keep your mental edge sharp that you employ, Al? Yeah, the, you know, the biggest one is the miracle morning, right? And mm-hmm. that is really the habit that I can say that is, uh, it, it, handles, it handles so much, which is, I think, why so many people do it. Um, but the miracle morning is, it, there, it's, it's summed up in six practices. I'll go through these very quickly. The savers. So S-A-V-E-R-S. The S is for silence. That's your meditation and or your prayer time. The A is for affirmations. Those are the written statements that articulate who you are committed to being. The V is for visualization. The world's greatest athletes do it because it is one of the most effective practices to put yourself in a peak state before you perform so that when you go perform, whether it's in your job or your relationship or as a parent, you've already rehearsed it in your mind and then you execute it perfect, you know, as close to perfect as possible. The E is for exercise. The R is for reading. The S is for scribing, which is a fancy word for writing. Those six practices ensure that I'm in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state every morning, that I'm calm, that I'm relaxed, that I'm learning and growing. And I'll tell you, I have a self-imposed rule that I'm not allowed to read a business book until I read a parenting or a marriage book first, at least five to 10 pages. And that ensures that my family, who we all claim is our number one priority, but does your schedule reflect that? And mine before I had cancer did not. And I thought to reinforce that they're my number one priority, the first thing I'm going to do every morning with a miracle morning is I'm going to learn how to be better. And so for me, constantly sharpening my mind, if you will, through meditation and all of those practices is what keeps me sharp. And I do it every day, six, six days a week on average. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you. Financial is the next spoke. What are the things you employ for your financial well-being? So for me, the biggest thing has been creating passive uh, and recurring income. And, uh, you know, I think that that, that those words are are charged words. I think some people associate that with get rich quick, like, oh, yeah, get rich quick and create passive income and on and on. Uh, No, when I had cancer, I really understood the value of this. So I have passive income through having published, uh, written 13 books, and then I have 37 translations. So I have 50 sources of income just from uh, my books. And when I had cancer... I really couldn't work for a year and that was our highest income year we've ever had. Wow. It was a seven figure income year and it was from the passive recurring income sources I had set up. And here's what I would say to people. In fact, if you want to learn more, go, go to entrepreneur.com and search Hal Elrod. I wrote an article about this on steps to do this, uh, whether it's writing books or it's investing in real estate or, you know, I have friends that invest in all sorts of weird, you know, one buys debt. I have one that, you know, buys internet company. I mean, all sorts of random stuff, right? Um, but the bottom line is, and real estate is probably the easiest, lowest hanging fruit where, you know, go buy a few Robert Kiyosaki books, right? You can learn how to invest in real estate with no money down. It's a real thing. Um, but the idea, you know, I have one friend that his goal was 
to buy 10, how, 10 rental houses over the next 10 years, have them paid off over the next 30 years, and then that'll give them a retirement of $20,000 a month minimum. You know, it, right? It, it, that's not even including inflation of rental price. That's, that's in today's dollars, which it'll probably be 40000 a month. But there you go. That's something that literally almost anyone can do, you know, and maybe not at that pace. Maybe it takes you longer, but that's the biggest habit is I created passive recurring income and I've been working on that, by the way, for the last 15 years. So it took me a long time to get there. But, you know, they say on the day of victory, no fatigue is felt, right? And it's like, once you start seeing income come in while you're sleeping, you're like, whoa, this is cool. (laughs) You know, this is You are listening to The Ziggler Show and hearing the successful habits of Hal Elrod. What a passionate and just truly inspiring guy. The next spoke we talk through is spiritual and he shares a favorite resource that has really shaped his personal relationship with God. I'll bring him back right after thanking our superb show sponsors. Absolutely. All right, next spoke is spiritual, Hal, and I know you speak to that in the book uh, quite a bit. So tell us what are the spiritual habits you employ? So spiritual, um, you know, I, I meditate. Well, here's the thing. It's really just, it's, on, it's constantly talking to God. Hmm. It's having just kind of this open, it's not just like when I pray in the morning or when I meditate. It's just that I'm talking to God all day long whenever I need to. And, and to me, God um, is... There's, there's, that's obviously a very loaded word. Sure. Um, uh, and I, I grew up religious. I would say that I am not religious. I attend church every week. Uh, for me, I'm much more spiritual. And what I would say the difference is, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not an expert in this, so I might, I'm probably going to get some hate mail for this, or I'll probably say it wrong. So please forgive me. I don't mean to offend. No. But to me, religion is you're following religious dogma. You're following a set of rules that have been handed down. And, and, and yes, they were handed down potentially from Jesus, right? Which is, I mean, not, not a bad guy to follow the rules of that round, but, but spirituality for me is more about your personal relationship with God. And being that that's a loaded word, I view God, not just as the spirit up in heaven that yada, 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 it's, it's, it's collective consciousness, right? right. The idea that uh, there, God has been proven in science. That is, is there is an energy field that our thoughts go into and affect, which is why sometimes someone thinks about you and then you feel that, Right. So for me, spirituality is really, um, it's, it's a very kind of holistic viewpoint on, first of all, I study every religion that I can, and I look to gain wisdom and principles from each one that I can embody into my philosophy on life. It's not just, this is my one religion, all the other ones are wrong, this is the only one that's right. And again, I'm probably offending some people, and I apologize, it's not my intention, this is my personal belief, right? I think that yeah. um, most religions are pointing toward the same thing and, and they have a lot of common themes and truths. And so rather than get in the weeds on, yeah, 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 but this one does this different. I just look for, well, what are the common themes? What's the, what's the truth, the wisdom that has been handed down from God, from Jesus, from Buddha, from, right, for, you know, and, and how, what makes sense to me? And the last thing I'll say on that is the best book I've ever read. And I used to not recommend it because, and I used to not ever talk about this topic because of the fear of like, oh, I don't want to offend people. Yeah. But Conversations with God is arguably the best book I've ever read. Uh, I'm currently reading book four right now. He has book one, two, three, and four. Uh, I'd encourage you to look at it with an open mind and look at the wisdom in it and, and, and don't, don't judge well, but I don't believe that it came from God. Oh, who cares? Is it wisdom? Is it useful in your life? Great. Apply it. 
And for me, that some of the most useful wisdom in my entire life came from that book, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And it has sold, I think, over 10 million copies. So I think wow. that there's, you know, most of it word of mouth. Neil's not much of a marketer. It's all word of mouth. Wow. So I would imagine that, you know, th- that I'm one of 10 million people that have found that wisdom very valuable. Well, you're 2 million into yours, so you'll catch up soon, I think. Uh, Next one, Hal, is career. And like everybody I have on the show, obviously you're here because you've had great career success. I think the interesting one is to kind of look at what are the habits you employ now to keep your career where you want it to be, granted that you have opportunities of vast abundance uh, that could take you every which way. Yeah, so... um there's a few I'll, I'll give, I'll give kind of what got me here and then what I'm doing now. Cause they're two awesome. very different things. And, and depending on where you're at in your career, um, what got me here was modeling. Right. Mm. And I, and I don't mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't take, you are a handsome guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all right looking, but no, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, modeling other people. Right. I mean, I, if I were to sum up the secret to success, like the, and you could sum it up, you could probably give 10 different secrets to success. Right. And say any one of these will work. Right. But here's one. If you want to be a successful in any area of your life, let's say you want to have the best marriage on the planet, right? Let's say you want to be a millionaire. Let's say you want to be, have the, you know, a six pack abs and tons of energy. There's a book on that, (laughs) right? There's a book on that. And and the simplest key to success is find someone that has has written a book on what you want to achieve, buy that book for 20 bucks, read the book. And do exactly what you're, what that person, do what you're told to do, right? And you can, of course, modify it to your own, you know, what you're, make sure it's in line with your values, principles. But do what yeah. works, what's proven to work, and it, your success is inevitable. It's only a matter of time. And so while you might go, gosh, that's simplistic, yep. And it's the secret to success. You find someone that, that has achieved the results you want to achieve. You do what they, you learn what they did. And you do what they do. In fact, my good friend, he's a musician. Brother James is his, mu- his, his musician name. Um, but he said, find the master, learn their model, and master the model. Yeah. And that's it. I looked him up, by the way. I uh, read nice. him in the book, looked him up on Spotify. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. he's his, amazing. His very first song is The Miracle Morning for Hell. For, it says something like and that. I'm in it. For, I, did the, I rapped the second verse. I didn't know that. Oh, That's no me, way. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I listened to him for, I don't know, 20 minutes while I was reading your book. So thank yeah, you. Every word for anybody listening, go listen to Brother James, Brother with an A at the end. Every word he writes is a, an affirmation to music. Every song he writes is designed to make you feel great and program your mind for success. It's, I don't know any musician that does that. I'm sure there's probably another one, but he's the only one that I know. Well, I'm going to give him to my oldest son who writes music. Uh, so that's, that's awesome. All right. Seven. Last one is the personal spoke. This is the fun, the hobbies, the things that you do just to be the awesome how that you are. Yeah. Every day I, I do at least one thing that brings me joy. And uh, one of the ways I make, I make that, uh, well, I love playing basketball. And, uh, and so I just love shooting a basketball. That's it. I just love the feeling of a basketball leaving my hands and going in the hoop. Uh-huh. Uh, so every day I go play basketball for 30 minutes after lunch. And I, play, I just shoot around. So I'm not, I don't encourage you to eat a meal and then try to go play, you know, full court basketball. Right. Uh, I just, I eat lunch. And then to kind of get my metabolism going and work, burn it off, I just go down the street and I go, I go shoot hoops for about anywhere from, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes, depending on the day. Uh, and that's one thing that brings me joy 
and it's part of my schedule every single day. And then every week I try to go wakeboarding for a couple hours because that's another thing that I love to do. And then, of course, every weekend I'm playing with my kids. I'm with my wife. Saturdays and Sundays are off limits for work. That is family time. I still wake up and do my miracle morning. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so those are some things. Oh, and then one other thing at lunch while I'm eating that food, I can't leave this out because it's one of my favorite things in the world to do. It's to watch television while I'm eating lunch. I don't know why it's just, it's my disconnect, my like mental, like I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just, I'm vegging out in front of the TV, but instead of three hours every night, I do 30 minutes a day, you know, so <laughs> I, I, that's a new one right there. I love it. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the, for being candid with that one, man. How, again, thanks for sharing us. Thanks for letting us take a behind the scenes look though. I'll have to say again, man, in your books, I love your vulnerability, your openness in there, just like you were here, but just am grateful for the time and insight you've given us again. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Kevin. Anytime, man. Well, truly, what a gift to hear Hal Elrod's personal habits of success. Again, really recommend you check out his book, The Miracle Morning, and his latest book, The Miracle Equation, which you can find it at themiracleequation.com, and his annual event, bestyeareverlive.com. We're coming up next in show 710, how to fend off negative people. I mean, what do you do when confronted with a negative person, whether they're just spouting negativity to or around you or outright attacking you negatively? I mean, unless you live and work alone and are a veritable hermit, negative people are just unavoidable. In this episode, I play an impacting message from Zig Ziglar that does a profound job of highlighting the consequences of unleashed negativity. From it, I pose this question to the Ziegler audience. How do you cope when you're on the receiving end of negativity so you don't become negative yourself? Uh, The responses range from run away far and, and fast and avoid it at all costs to striving to understand the other person and maybe help bring them around to a more positive outlook. Many cited the need for compassion on these hurting people, but what seemed to bubble to the surface was the necessity for us all to be emotionally confident ourselves in order to healthily deal with negative people and negativity. Tom Ziegler joined me for the discussion. He actually charged us to become emotional ninjas. Really, really powerful show. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.